Welcome to the Super Sentai Brothers. This is episode 44 of A View to a Cocky Ranger, the internet's best and only podcast dedicated to Ninja Sentai Cocky Ranger. Every week we watch an episode of the show and we share our thoughts with you, the listeners. My name is Matt J. With me as always is my co-host and brother Dave. Dave, how are you doing today? I'm good, man. Cool. Glad to I hear I know it. there's normally more there. <laughs> no, I'm just good. Uh, well, uh, continuing on your good day, Dave, today we will be watching episode 44 yeah. of Ninja Sentai Kaka Ranger. It is called The Wound-Filled Great Reversal. But before we get into that, Dave, shining in the heavens, there are five stars. What is our first star of the week? So, our first star of the week, Matt, is that we wanted to say... Congratulations to our little sister Katie, who has been on the show. So you have heard her voice if you're a longtime listener of the show, who just finished up all of the coursework and uh, and paperwork and everything for her master's degree. Yes, which is a super cool thing. Congratulations to Katie. She's oh, congratulations actually, you know, to Katie. Hold on, she's in the other room. Can you hang on? Yeah, sure. No, I'll be right back. Hey, hey, Katie. No, go ahead, Matt. We're Katie, we're on air. You go ahead and yeah, no problem. take your time. Do you want? You just want to bring her in here? No, 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 I'm good. You just? You sure? Yeah, no, that's fine. I just felt okay. silly saying congratulations okay, to her when she was literally twenty feet away. So congratulations, Squirt. Uh, you did a great job. It's super, super cool, and we're very proud of you. Very proud. Now, what what we do? In our family, when somebody gets another degree, which happens like with weird regularity, um, is well, that... we're slowing down now, Matt. Well, I mean, thank because basically yes. everybody that, yeah, well, everybody, it's it's doctorates from here on out for everybody because at this point we all have a master's degree in something. <laughs> and honestly, so, like, it would... and I feel like a... it's just a bit much at this point. It's a it's a lot. It's a lot. I'm not going to lie. I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about doing it because as a public school teacher, there is like a direct, I just get a raise. Like if I have a doctorate, I just make more money. Oh, nice. Straight up. Uh, so if I get a doctorate, I just have to pay anyways, to get a doctorate, which is kind of the opposite of what you're talking about. Yeah, that's like the reverse of what you want. So, but we do have a tradition in our family. And and it's a good Whenever one, somebody but it's also one something. that I think that every once in a while we need to confront the fact that like, it's a little, okay, it's not like bizarre or anything. This is just this one restaurant that we go to. Here's the weird thing about it. The but here's the thing. It's called Scotty's. It's an Italian place sort of like on the east side of Cleveland. Um, and it's good. But what's weird is that like. It, it's very good. It's not near where you live. It's not close to where I live. No, 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 no. Yeah, just to be clear, like, just I live on the east side of Cleveland, and this restaurant is also on the east side of Cleveland. But the east side of Cleveland is a little bit labyrinthine, and there's a lot of places in it that are not easy to get to or from, just, like, because of how the roads are laid out. And so even though th- 
in theory, I'm not actually terribly far away from this restaurant. It's deeply inconvenient to get to. Yeah, actually, like I live on the west side. I am further away as the crow flies, and it is way easier for me to get there than it is for Dave. But anyway, like it's not near your place, and it's not near my place. But it's also not like we. It's never been near where we lived. We have never lived near this restaurant. And like, yeah, I don't honestly even know how we found and, it. And like, it's good. But it's not, it, I don't think it's the best Italian place I've gone to in Cleveland. And like, no joke, you, Dave, live, like, it would be sort of a hike, but you literally live walking distance from Cleveland's Little Italy. I do, that's true. And also, I will say, we're Italian! Yeah, we could just make this food. I have, like, we can just make this food, like, I I'm capable of making Italian, I think, and I hope, Matt, you've eaten my food. I hope I'm not flattering myself. I make Italian, I think, that's about as good as anything I've eaten in Cleveland. Yeah, it's good stuff. And yet, for some reason, we go to this, like, cash-only <laughs> Italian joint that is, like, on the opposite end of town. And the well, so we were at this restaurant because we were celebrating Mom and Katie because, like we said, our mo- Dr. Mom just finished her doctorate, which is amazing. And we raised this question with our family. We're like, why do we do this? Like, how was it decided? And no one remembers. Like, nobody remembers exactly. Right. Like, I, it was some like, oh, we went here. Theories, but it was all very soft theories. Yeah, this is all conjecture. It was all like, well, I think this at one point had happened. But so we just go to, we just go to Scotty's. And here's the other thing. Aside from graduations, we do not go to Scotty's. Oh, yeah. No, like I have, I happened to go there once for Pizza Club, which, spoiler for star number two, we're going to be talking about Pizza Club. Um, I went there once for Pizza Club, and it was very weird to be there and not recently be celebrating a graduation. Well, because, like we said, it's not convenient to anybody. Like it's a pain to get to, but, but we go. And so. And so we go to this restaurant. The lasagna is very good. Yeah, yeah, I got the veal parmesan. Too saucy. Very nice. A little, a little too saucy. Well, you know, what are you going to do? Well, I always say anyways. better too saucy than too dry. That's what I say. Do you always say that, Matt? Dave, I am do you constantly always... saying it. To other people, I have to imagine. So, yeah, so that's a first star of the week. Congratulations. Congratulations, little sister. Uh, you done good. You done good. Dave, then what is our second star of the week? So, Matt, speaking of doing good, I, or doing well, I guess, you know, you try to do good, but what I'm doing is well. I uh, I just reached a personal goal in my life. This is great. Now, I did, I may have talked about this before because I kind of dipped into this goal before, is that I have cracked 200 pounds. Oh. For the first time since I wow. literally do not remember. Yeah. Congratulations. I think maybe since high school. Yeah, thank you. Now, I was I lifted a lot of weights in like high school and college. So the the mat that my body composition was very different the last yeah, time sure. I was under we 200 pounds. But I am now I had done it before just a touch and then I kind of like scooted back up over 200 pounds, like not a ton. But you know, like enough and I was like, "Oh, so I was kind of fighting and uh, I wasn't I wasn't being super careful about what I ate." for me but i did i just i dipped down and i'm actually at 198 i'm at oh, 198 nice. matt 
Yeah, I was. So here's the joke part about this is I was I was feeling really good about myself and I hop on Facebook, which is if you're feeling good about yourself, uh, don't get on Facebook. No, in fact, if you're feeling good about yourself, delete Facebook. Yeah, I, I would. But people use it for social planning. So anyways, my my quote unquote friend, Chris Linton. Who we we may have mentioned before? Uh, he's he's one of my he's a really good old friend. Uh, he was in my wedding and I was in his. He here I am. I'm feeling great about myself. I'm like all right, feeling good. Crack two hundred pounds. Like I'm looking in the mirror. I'm feeling much better about how I you know how I present myself and all these things. And Chris posts a picture of himself, uh, and he's been following this other workout routine. And the workout routine, Matt, is to prepare him. It's it's put out by this guy who was one of the trainers for the movie 300. And that okay. dude, whose name I don't know, is also a cosplayer. Because I think if you have if you're built like that, like you're just, yeah, I'm just gonna go be a cosplayer. Yeah, and why so not? he has a group of dudes who right, who cosplay as Spartans from the movie 300. And Chris has gotten in with this group. And he's, like, not there yet, but he's he's pretty far on the way. And he has posted a picture of himself, like, you know, as one does, very reasonably, like, hey, guys, check this out. Been working out a lot. Feel very good about myself. And uh, it shouldn't be allowed. It shouldn't be allowed, No, it's, you know, it's allowed, just rude, Chris. really, is what it is. Yeah, it's deeply inconsiderate of of everyone around you. So, <laughs> so I guess that's star number two. Uh, Dave has hit a significant milestone, and our friend Chris is a horrible jerk. Yeah, so thanks a lot, Chris. Also, where's that JoJo's Bizarre Adventure podcast you promised me like a year and a half ago? Get on it. Now, what is our third star of the week? Dave, third star of the week is that uh, I'm doing the opposite, I guess, of you and Chris. Um because instead of dieting and exercising, I had Pizza Club this week, and it was great. Oh, pizza. I listen, miss pizza a little bit. I miss pizza a lot. Listen, yeah, I, I can imagine that uh, pizza is not necessarily part of the trim, trim Healthy Mama lifestyle. You know, it, it. I was actually... Okay, I was actually just talking to Beth this morning. Beth, I said... You know what's great about Trim Healthy Mama? I swear, to, I, I promise you, this is a genuine conversation that we had. This is not like an additional commercial. I was Because we were eating breakfast and it was really good. And I said, you know what's great about this whole thing is that I, you know, like you could basically eat what you want. There's a handful of things that you don't eat. And even the things like you can't eat, you could do like a fairly close approximation of, right? Sure. Enough that you're like, oh, I, this is the thing that I wanted, basically. Uh, but I was like, you know what? There's a, there's one thing that I haven't, we, it's, you can't do. Uh, it's pizza. There's no, you can't do good pizza. Which is a shame because it's, it's the one thing that everyone wants. It's the thing that everyone needs. It's, and it's the one oh thing my you gosh, can't have. It's very so sad. Um, but. So anyways, Pizza Club. Yeah. Oh, oh, by the way, for, for new listeners, Pizza Club is a thing that I do once a month with a group of friend of mine. Uh, we go out and we eat pizza at a different place. It's like a book club, except with pizza, which means that it's better. I mean, books are good too. Don't get me yeah, wrong. But I mean, come on. Uh, books are great. Let's be real. Now, what's weird about this month's pizza club, Dave, is where we went. Not not okay. necessarily the restaurant. The restaurant was fine. It's called the Saucy Brew Works. It's like a microbrewery slash pizza place on the west side. Of course it is. Um, 
which, listen, I feel like at least half of the places, eh, eh, 30%, 30% of the places on the west side. Yeah, that's fair. Are either pizza places or microbreweries. So this really just slots in very nicely. Yeah, no, East Side, East Side is exactly the same. Well, there's fewer pizzerias. There's not as much pizza on the East Side, like outside of Little Italy, but there's still a ton of microbreweries. And at some, like at some distant point, Matt, I have to imagine that Cleveland will hit peak microbrewery. But I'm going to be real. Like, I genuinely, like, I don't know what that looks like. Like, I can't fathom really the point at which there are so many going on that Cleveland, Cleveland, takes a look at itself, like, steps back and takes a long look at itself and says, guys, this might be too much beer. Right. Like, I, like, I don't know how much beer it would take, but it's more than we've got. Um, and we've got a lot. I mean, lot. we're trying. We're making as much as we can out here. Anyway, so oh, yeah, we're making we're putting a dent in it. So we we show up to this place. It's called the Saucy Brew Works, as I said, and it's nice. The pizza's good, the beer's good. The place is like brand new and like beautiful and shining Great. clean, you know. And a lot of things on that corner are beautiful and new and shiny and clean, which is very strange because this restaurant exists on a corner where I used to work, and when I worked there, it was not that way at all. So this is on the is corner this when you of were a clown mat. No, 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 no. That was on the east side of the Cleveland, and it was very brief. Uh, that was in a parking lot outside of a opening of the American Cash Exchange, I believe. Uh, this is when I True. worked in Ohio City at an art conservation lab. Um, oh yeah, that was a way better job. Yeah, 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 way better gig and a better part of town. But just with a, you know, it was just sort of a dumpy intersection. There wasn't much going on there. Right. There were like a couple of old stores and like a restaurant that nobody went to. But it was basically just like. You know, dead zone. Um, when I was working there, and I worked there for like three and a half, four years. But now it is what they, well, when I say what they call, I mean like the person who like paid for most of the renovations and bought the signs that they put up. They are calling it, and I want to make sure that you know that I'm doing air quotes as I say this, hinge town. Like the hinge in a door. It is, there is a, there is another cool spot of town like down the street. And then if you sort of take a right at Hingetown and go for a while, you hit another cool part of town, sort of like between Gordon Square and the Market District. And so this is the, according to the people who paid for it all, the Hinge in between those two areas, which is an absurd name. So so just, I'm sorry, to be, uh, to be clear, their selling point is that their space is in between two other good spaces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's yeah, pretty their... much. So they could have just they could have just called it like hallway town. Like that also would have worked. Well, yeah, but you got to take a right. So hinge, you know. <laughs> um Okay, actually the fact that you have to take a right does dang it. Dang it. Okay, that's actually better than I thought it was. Yeah, it is a little, like, it's it's a little bit okay, but, like, really cheesy. And I think it's one of those things that they're just going to keep putting up new signs that say Hingetown until eventually, like, people just are exhausted with the effort of trying to ignore their naming structure. Um, anyway, so I went there, and like I said, it used to just be, like, a lot of nothing. And now there is, let me, let me give you a list of the items, the, the stores that are there. There is a fancy coffee shop. 
There is a fancy cool. tea shop. There is a fancy juice bar. Seems excessive. There is a definitely fan- seems there excessive. There is a nice bar. There is another bar that is the pizza place. Um, there is a florist. There is a place where to like buy dog stuff, I think. And then, and I think this is the real like. Hold up! Hold up! Back you... it up! Back it up! Back it up! Back it up! Stop! 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 What? Stop! There is a whole. Just to be clear, this is not a pet store, which is fine. It is specifically a dog store. Well, okay. It is not a store of dogs. You do not go there to purchase dogs. It is a place where you go to purchase yeah, yeah, yeah. like fancy things for your dog, I think. I've never gone in. I don't oh, have a dog. Oh, guys. Guys, we're getting away from like Cleveland's primary selling point. Well, there are two bars that are right across the street from each other. So, you know. No. <laughs> you know Yo, this, yeah, I mean, so we're still, we're still pretty on message. Uh, dog stuff store, I'm not sure about. Anyways, Matt, well, anyways, please continue. Here's, here's how you know. Here's how you know that this like corner has been thoroughly like yuppie, like yuppified. Is that mm. there are there are two places that are sort of kitty corner from each other, not directly across the street from, but you know, like on the same block across the street. One of them is a place um, for spin classes, and the other is a Just boxing for spin gym classes. Huh. And so I feel like, and let me tell you, like you could literally like walk out of one and throw a rock and hit the other. Like that is what we are talking about here. Um, and it's just so amazing to go in there to a place where like it used to be like the only trouble with that part of town was that like maybe your car would get peed on. And now you need to block like park four blocks away to even be able to like walk into it. It's madness. That's, hmm, well, here's the problem. I like about half those things. I don't spin. You could. I mean, I could. Apparently, there's a place just for it. Oh, yeah, man, right off the shoreway. It's great. Anyway, we've been talking about this for way too long. Uh, Pizza Club was great, but it was weird to go, like, to my old work neighborhood and see it, like, completely turned upside down. Dave, what is our fourth star of the week? So our first start of the week, Matt, is that I just got myself a really neat woodworking tool. It's called a jointer. Uh, have I, did I talk about this before? Did I tell you this? Uh, you told me. I, I don't this... remember if we talked about it on the show. So long story you short, stop uh, talking I, I when got, we're not I... recording it. I feel like we should just be like yeah. generating bonus content anytime that like you and I are hanging out in the garage. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, the garage uh, long files. story short, uh, charge people like five bucks a month on yeah. Patreon. It would be great. So I would people sure why not? So anyways, I, I got this tool. It was an amazing find on Craigslist. Uh, it was actually it was like this super sweet story because this woman, her husband had passed away, and he's like this amazing woodworker. And I saw some of the stuff he built, and like it was incredible. And uh, she had gotten remarried, and she was sort of selling off finally all of his stuff, and so I got this incredible deal on this very expensive tool. And like, as we were loading into the car, some of the sawdust fell out. And she was like, oh, like that was Bob's sawdust. And she's like crying a little bit. And she's like, make something good. I know, right? So now there's like all this. And the last thing she says to me, and guys, listen, I like woodworking. I'm not amazing at it. But the last thing that this woman says to me is like, make something good with it. And I was just like, 
like it just I went into like the shadow realm in my heart I was like oh yeah, geez, yeah. lady I didn't say this it's like man don't put that on me like I've seen the stuff that your late husband made it was really nice I'm not that good but I did get this very cool tool uh, that does this sort of very specific but necessary thing and if you don't know what a jointer is it doesn't really matter but here's here's the problem Matt with tools mm-hmm. is that you get a tool and you're like, oh, neat. This tool permits me to do like this thing, right? right and like now that I can do this things. thing, yeah, like this one weirdly specific thing. Because like baseline tools are good for like lots and lots of different things. Once you start like going up the pyramid, tools get like their, their usefulness goes way, way up, but also gets like far more specific. Gotcha. Like, it only does one thing, but, like, you really need to do that one thing. But now that I can do that one thing, it's opened up, like, mentally a whole new realm of possibilities. The only problem is, is that all of those possibilities require ever more specific tools. Like, it's a terrifying (laughs) spiral. And I can, like, it's, I just, it's a set bonus, I think, is the problem. Is like, you can do all of this cool stuff, but, like, you need to get, like, ever more increasingly rare parts. And I can only afford them if I get them, like, off of Craigslist, because these are expensive things. So, basically, I'm just constantly, I just have to run raids all the time, hoping for, like, the one random drop that I need to hit. Wow, I don't actually play World of Warcraft, but that metaphor is surprisingly specific. I don't play so World I've of got, Warcraft, but so it I'm, sounded like it made sense. Yeah, no, I think it actually I'm pretty confident that that made sense. But so, I uh, I've got a jointer now I need a planer and uh but now the only other problem is that I have I have really like tapped out the realm of like easily affordable tools. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, I'm so like, out of the zone out, of, like... It's just, like... Yeah, man. I'm out of the zone of, like, $60, $70 tools. I'm into the realm of, like, multiple hundreds of dollars tools, which is a lot more... Like, it's very easy to say to my wife, like, hey, sweetie, I've got to run out to Home Depot. i got to grab this thing. It's, like, 40 bucks. It's like, ah, you know, like, that's cool. Like, whatever. It's much more difficult to say, like hey, I do need a table saw and it will be like $600. Like that's a lot less easy like, to do. Like we're good, right? Like everything's cool. I'm just going to hop over. We're cool, right? We're good on that $600. Yeah. So anyways. I think <laughs> of how much money you'll be saving <laughs> so though in my... the long run. Well, see, that's the, that's the one thing. As I say, this is my only argument. Like this is the one argument that I have is I could say, listen, we could either buy furniture or, or, we can buy tools, and I can make furniture. And I actually have made some furniture, and uh, and so I. The, but then the problem is that I have to keep making furniture. It's not a problem. Right. I like doing it. So you know, here's but here, uh, here's but how yeah. that would work if I were to say it. I would say either we can buy some furniture, or I can ruin a lot of perfectly good wood with a six hundred dollar table saw. <laughs> and then we will buy furniture. And then we will buy furniture <laughs> once I've made a complete mess of the basement. <laughs> um, I just think so, we should try Matt, it that is, is all. my don't want you know <laughs> it's explore worth, all your options it's worth investigating <laughs> so yeah so that's my uh, that's my problem Matt is I gotta complete this set bonus what Matt is our fifth and final star of the week Dave our fifth and final star of the week is that this week I finally and I've been meaning to go for like two years 
finally went out to the night market um, in Cleveland, which is like a, they do it once a month during the summer in Asia town. Um, and you heard me right. Cleveland does not have a Chinatown because it is not quite big enough. It is a sort of pan Asia town. Um, yeah, we just don't, there's not enough of any one particular ethnicity that like they get to claim the whole thing, but they all tend, but you know, like that whole sort of continent lives close to each other in Cleveland. So it's just Asia right, which town. is super convenient if you live close enough to it that you can get like uh, delivery out of that area because that means that you can get like the best delivery food in the world, like in the city, like all from this like four block area. It's bigger than four blocks. I yeah, I sadly do not. But so you went to the night market. I keep meaning to go. Is it is it like am I missing out? It's very cool. Co- okay, it sounds here's very the deal. Cool. It's very cool. It sounds almost impossibly cool. Well, okay. Like, I feel like it actually can't be nearly as cool as the name Night Market would imply. No, because the, the name Night Market suggests to you, like, that one scene from that one Hellboy movie where, like, they go to a weird, like, market underground and goblins are, like, buying yes. your eyes from you to sell memories of people that you never met, you know? Yeah, no, exactly. I've played way too many role-playing games for this to possibly live up to what my dream of a night market is. But but what actually uh, is Basically, it? it's standing in line to get food. But, but... Oh, now, here's I'm great the good, at that. Here's the good part of that. The food is really excellent. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that makes a ton of sense. Um, the, the problem with any of that stuff, because they also do this sort of thing over at uh, down by the lake at Edgewater Park, where I live near. Um, the problem is that... Anytime you go to one of these things, it's like 20% too many people and 20% not enough, like, stuff. Vendors. You know? Because, like, there are vendors and most of the vendors were food, but it was also, like, crafty vendors. You know? Like, oh, I make my own soap. Like, come and buy my soap. Or, like, hey, we're Mm -hmm. like an artisan pickler. Come and buy our artisan pickles. But mostly... It's listening to a band where, like, the sound is mixed kind of wrong and standing in line to get some, like, really, really excellent chicken on a stick. But, as I said, if you want that chicken on the stick, this is the place to go. And it was fun. It's fun to get out. They decorate the whole area. It's cool. Nice. That sounds right. Well, yeah, I I was about to say I'll go next time, but I won't because I have twins. Sure. So. Um, But you know what you will do, Dave? You and I both will take a break. We will watch episode 44 of Ninja Sentai Cockaranger, and we will be right back. Ninja, Ninja! Okay, welcome back. So we have just finished watching Ninja Sentai Cockaranger episode 44, The Wound-Filled Great Reversal. You know, you know those, yeah. <laughs> those words that all make sense when you put them in order like that? Well, okay, in context, I feel like it, it's pretty okay the show is, they are absolutely uh, continuing their straight level best effort to convince me that there are not nine more episodes to oh, this I show. Oh, I know. It's bananas. Like, I do not know how they are going to continue. Like, I feel like this level of drama is unsustainable for nine more episodes. Not in like an objective sense. I just don't know if like there's enough fuel in the Kaku Ranger tank to like maintain this thrust well dave this episode is super intense let me me give you did you watch the like next time on cocker ranger um preview at the end of the episode 
No, I never watch them oh, because that's right. because I no, yeah, because I just want to be like I want to go into the episode fresh. Okay, well, let me tell you, I, I won't tell you about it, but I watched it, and the way they are going to maintain the emotional like pressure next week is by having a weird, goofy episode that doesn't seem like it has anything to do with anything, but it looks amazing. Oh, okay. So they're going to maintain it by by not. They're not going to maintain it. Dude, they just they build up pressure and then they just like take it off the heat and let it sit for a while and then bring it right back later and you never expect when it's coming. There there's got to be a life lesson in there someplace. Dude, speaking of, sorry, I'm going to digress for like a hot second. Speaking of like the previews for shows and they say like next week on blah blah blah. I watch uh, MasterChef. I watch MasterChef. It's on Fox maybe, I think. I don't know. I watch it on Hulu. But they do this thing where at the beginning of the episode, and other shows do this. This is just the one that I'm watching. They'll say, on this episode, blah, 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 blah happens. And they're giving you like clips and highlights for the episode that's playing. I'm, I'm sitting down to watch the episode. You don't need to tell me what's going on. I'm going to watch it in literally 30 seconds. The only thing you're doing is keeping me from actually watching it by telling me that I'm about to watch it. That 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 can be frustrating. Now, Dave, before we get into it, do you want to tell us what happens this week in the episode? Yeah, I do. So, <laughs> no, I don't. That's monstrous. We, but what has happened... We used to do that literally every week for the first, like, two years of this show. Did we really? Yeah. Well, I... I okay, well, I'm going to issue a formal apology. That was a terrible plan. I don't know. I you think know, we had you live, some you reasoning behind it. I think we wanted to give people like the skeleton of the episode before we got into it so that they could kind of follow along because it's so bonkers. Oh, oh yeah. No, that's right. In our case, it was brilliant and a good idea. In the case of MasterChef, <laughs> it's stupid and dumb. But here is what, in, uh, in, a, in a similar vein, here is what has happened if you forgot. So last week, we are in the middle of this giant fight between Daradara, which is a pseudo clone of Daimao, who has absorbed and like life linked with Ninja Man and the four Rangers that are not Sasuke. Right. And Daradara is fighting against all three god generals at once. And because the goal eventually is that Daradara will defeat the three god generals and somehow like absorb their power, and then Daimao will have access to that power. And in order to draw the three god generals out of hiding is the wrong word, but like out of tactical retreat, Dara Dara has like sprinkled black strangle goo on the city. Like he just like waved his hands and like flung black goo everywhere and it strangles people somehow. You know, it's it's some bad goo. Yeah. Uh, Sasuke, there was a fight with all the rangers. Sasuke is the only one who escaped. And he is, as this episode begins, he is running away from the flowery Kunoichigumi who are kind of chasing him through the woods. So we've got two, two, three scenes kind of happening simultaneously. The first scene is Ninja Man and the four rangers tied up in Daimu's headquarters and Daimu sort of like overseeing this whole thing and like cheering on Dara Dara from a distance. The second scene is Dara Dara facing off with the three god generals the third scene is Sasuke versus the flowery Kunoichigumi. That, and that's kind of where this episode begins. That, Dave, was a wonderful recap. Thank you. Well, thanks, Matt. 
So, as, as you say, we're starting off good in the when midst I was doing of these it. three fights, right? Yeah. And at this point, Daimyo knows that he's got sort of one of two outcomes for his fight. Either yeah. he is going to kill the three god generals, Ideal or, for him. worst case scenario, Dara Dara loses, the three god generals are still alive, but in that case, then he's rid of Ninja Man and four of the five Kaka Rangers, and at that point, he's basically won anyways, right? Yeah, so this is a pretty much a win-win for him. So, Dara Dara sort of sets up to fight, the three god generals, like, their eyes all flash, and they're all ready to fight. Real quickly, and I do not know if this is like a trick of the translation, like the subtitles or something, every time they talk about the three god generals, they always put in the article the, even when it would not make sense. Oh, yeah. They so Dara Dara will say like, hello, the three god generals. Like, they're the Batman. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, you have to say the whole thing. They're the, they're the three god generals. So anyways, I just I got to kick about that. Uh, so their eyes flash and they all sort of square up. They're ready to fight. Muteki Shogun shouts out an apology, like, forgive me, Kaku Rangers. In order yeah, to save people, dude. I have no choice. Dude, I don't, that's a really good Muteki Shogun, dude. Thanks. I don't know who they got to do the voice for Muteki Shogun. Sounds but sort I of like Zordon. Yeah, yeah, he actually does. That's a good point. I want that dude to narrate my life. That guy's voice is amazing. Um, so, so this fight, by the way, this giant fight with the three god generals versus Dara Dara is great because it's, it's very, not very good. just the two like Megazords essentially squaring off. It's also Tsubasamura who is like, yeah. like he's it, later in the fight he will like attach to people to like make the super combinations, but initially yes. he's just like flying around and shooting at him and ramming into him and stuff. It's very cool to yeah. see him in action solo which is not something we Again, really get a lot of pretty sure super summer is a lady but oh yeah right sorry so yeah no it's super super cool because i don't think we've ever really seen well we've seen super summer like uh you know blast with with the wing wing blasters but we've never seen like a full-on like fight and so they built like a giant super summer model that is like wrestling with dara dara it's very cool we get a bunch of uh, swords. You know, Muteki Shogun pulls out the flaming sword. Kakurei Dai Shogun does not seem to have actually any weapons. He just punches, punches a lot. Yeah, but he punches so good. So, so good. So we do get the same. They're kind of flashing back and forth. And we're getting these same shots of people, like the humans, dying because of the strangle goo. And I am pretty certain that they have used the same maybe five seconds of footage at least six or seven times (laughs) i don't like i think they just shot the one thing and they're like yep that's good this show is for babies they're not gonna notice but i noticed super sentai uh (laughs) so we you know it's it's this fight is going back and forth now and and we get just in case you've forgotten daimo is doing his like remote control of dara dara Yes. Because they are also linked. Um, and Dara Dara is, at this point in the fight, what is very cool is that he is not just doing, like, regular fight stuff. He's doing specific Kaku Ranger stuff. So, yeah, he, like, busts out, he busts out Kaku Ranger Ball. He busts out two Kaku Ranger Balls. He throws one and he punts one at them. Oh, that's right. And he then he is, is like uh, four Kaku Rangers and Ninja Man all at the same time. 
and he uses somebody's like arm crossbow. I think yeah, it's, I think it's that's a giant. the arm crossbow. crossbow. Yeah. So he does that. Now somebody says something really quick. I think it's Daimu. He says, "Stop holding back," or like, "Show us your full power," or something to the three god generals. Which makes me really hopeful that there is a final giant super move that the three god generals have that we're not that we've never seen and we're not seeing anymore, or that we're not going. We haven't seen it yet. It would be very cool. I'm super. I mean, like I feel like they're teasing it pretty hard at this point. I'm gonna be. I'm actually gonna be like low key sad slash annoyed if we don't get like a final ultra ultra general. I don't even know what you would call it. So we do get some cool moves from the from the three god generals. We see flaming shogun wave, which I don't think we've actually seen before. It's just like a giant fire blast from Mateki Shogun. And Daradara is taking a beating. Yeah. Like, and since he is taking a beating, we cut back to Daimyo's palace. And we see, of course, like the four Kaki Rangers and Ninja Man also like taking that damage. And they shout out like Sasuke, like, come on, we need you to come save us. Yeah, we get a sort of flashback shot, not flashback, but we get a shot of all the Rangers sort of individually thinking about one of the people who's still fighting. So we get like shots of the three God generals. We get shots of Sasuke and they're like, you guys, you can do it. Oh, is there like, is there collapsing? So we cut over to Sasuke is sort of like the last scene in this. And he is still running through the woods being pursued, right? Yeah. And he's like all beaten up. Yeah, we and it's really good. Like they shot it really well. Like you very much get the sense that Sasuke is pretty much at the end of his rope here. So he, for whatever reason, he hasn't henge before and he's like, I'm going to do it. So he turns around and he's about to do his super henge. But before he can do, he's just interrupted. I love this. And this is something that that Kaka Ranger has done that I don't think we've really seen with many of the other shows. Is that the villains realize that if you can just literally physically stop them... from, (laughs) From doing their transformation, like you can really... Like, you can really stop the whole fight short. Just like, no, just don't let him do the thing. Yeah, I He's going to like pull out this big thing, and it's going to be like a whole a whole sequence. But if you could just stop him, then he's not going to be a super form. You can just punch that dude in the face. I don't remember seeing it much in Die Ranger. I do think we saw it at least a few times in Jetman, but it's something that I always really love. Yeah, I, d- I dig it because it's like a nod to the... The reality of the fiction, maybe? I don't know. So so they do do this. It's like some crazy sp- glitter attack. I don't know. They don't give it a name. Uh, the flowery Kunoichi Gumi are gloating. Look, this is it. Sasuke, we've captured you. They're sort of closing in, and they get up to him, and literally all five of them have their swords like up to Sasuke's neck. Yes. And then a thing of beauty. Our, this our is so favorite incredible. boy. Our favorite boy, Boone, shows up with the dogs. Yes. So the dogs attack, like these these big German shepherds. The dogs attack. Boone, like, runs up and kind of pulls Sasuke away. The dogs, like, glow, turn into energy forms, and then are back to being the ninja brothers, Jiro and Taro, right? Yeah. And, dude, I don't know, like, Jiro and Taro pull off some a plus ninja in, oh, in the 30 seconds. These are these guys on are great. For long time listeners, by the way, if you remember the episode, 
if if you watched Die Ranger and you remember the episode with the copy empress, um, the Jiro and Taro are being played by uh, Kazu and his twin brother who were in that episode. I mean, Kazu was in all of Die Ranger, but that is who these dudes yeah, are. Yeah, but the twin. Well, we would assume that it's only one twin, Matt. I couldn't tell you the difference. Well. So anyways, yeah. So it's those two. It's the it's actual real life twin brothers. And they just like, they're all, again, they're only doing stuff for like 30 seconds. But these guys are very, very efficient ninja. They're like in flying kick, like blast smoke bombs out. It's really, really cool. So we go from there. So they escape. They escape the flowery Kunoichi Gumi. Sasuke is safe for now. They're in a cave. Someone has built a fire. Sasuke is sort of recovering. And Sasuke is like, so what is the deal? Like, exactly what's happening here again? Like, fill me in because you're dog people. So Right, like, thank strange. you for turning your dogs into people and saving me. But, like, what is actually happening in this world right now? Yeah. So they go back and they explain, if you don't remember, that their fa- their parents were servants to clan Yoshi Yoshimitsu Yoshiteru Yoshiteru which is the family Yeah, Sunhime's um, family. Yeah, Sunhime's family. And they're like but her dad who is now Hakamenro like raised us and like took care of us and raised us as siblings to Sunhime. Yeah, because like the twins like their parents died when the twins were very young. And so they were basically just right. raised as Hakamenro's kids and Sunhime's yeah. like older brothers. Yeah, so we get a we get some flashbacks to this happening, and I forever cannot get over the mundanity of how I can't remember his actual name, Hakamenro dresses when he is not like a, a yokai strategist. Oh yeah, just like like boring dad Hakamenro is amazing. He's got like this he dopey just wears bowl like cut. Cape- and like a cable knit sweater. And like that's all he wears. Like, dude just wears Cosby sweaters with a bad haircut. It's, it's really so, good. I in in my heart, what is happening is that he's being a super excellent ninja. Because never in a hajillion years would you look at that dude and think to yourself, like, that guy might secretly be a ninja. You might you might think to yourself, if that guy were more exciting, he might secretly be like an accountant or, <laughs> or something. Never in a million years would you guess that he would be a ninja, which makes him an excellent ninja. Well, sadly, though, not an excellent enough ninja to pull off his grand plan however many years ago it was. So he... Yeah, it does not work out very well, actually. Taro and Jiro, and this is still part of the flashback, had gone to infiltrate Daimao's, like, palace or whatever, right? Yeah. Now, okay, I'm going to finish talking about the flashback, but then I want to mention something about the timeline of all this that I can't figure out. I yeah, let's do talk about that. Thank you. So they're in there, a cage drops on Taro and Jiro, and Daimao comes out and says, like, hey, here's what's up. Um, I'm totally gonna kill your kids unless you submit to working for me, in which case I'll let them live and they can go. But you are mine. Right. So Lord Yoshiteru says Absolutely, like, I'm down. Right. Uh, what Daimu does not mention, he says, I will let them live, but I'm turning him into dogs. It's just like a jerk move. But, you know, I mean, listen, yeah, it was just weird. It's, he's a yokai. Cowardice he's is a, the yokai's uh, privilege. Um, right. Turns them into dogs, but they get to go free. And then later, Hakamenro is able to, like, help them escape along with Bun. Right. And you might say, hold up. 
Escape the yokai world, that is. Right. You might say to yourself, wait, why was Bun in the yokai world? Guess what, friends? Bun is secretly a yokai. Yeah, dudes. I don't know what's up with that. Well, I mean, but we've seen yokai in the past who are not bad. So, like, he was this little kid. He was being, like, abused by his, like, master or parents or something. And so Hakumenra helped him escape along with Taro and Jiro in dog form. Yes. So, here is... Okay, are we going to talk about the problem with the timeline and why this is all happening? Because Daimyo was totally sealed behind the seal door at this point. But the, the like part of the flashback is us seeing the seal door. So the the only thing I can think of, like this is it. This is all I've got because I've been puzzling over this. The only thing I can think of is that maybe Lord Yoshiteru looks at the seal door, says to himself, "You know what? That's good for now. It's not going to hold forever." We've got to, like, sneak... We've got to get into the yokai world, like, into enemy territory, and then, like, take out Daimau. Okay. Before the seal door fails. I'm willing to accept that. Because, yeah, that's kind of the only way that any of this works. I was going to say, dude, like, if you've got a better thing, I'm all ears. Because otherwise, it makes no sense. So, So, that's the score. Like, that's what's up with, with why they're dogs and, like, what was up with them and Bun and Hakamenru and everything, all this stuff. Yeah, oh, as they get to the so, end of this conversation, Taro and Jiro both start to glow a little bit. And they say, oh, we could only remain humans for, like, a short period of time. We're going to be turning back to also, dogs soon. The next time that we turn into humans again, we will die. Because why not? Just sure. You'll die. I just... Hey, man, listen. I am struck sometimes. So, <laughs> so man, I know that you don't LARP. I am struck sometimes by the similarities between Super Sentai and LARP plots. Uh-huh. Because... Do LARP plots not make any well, sense either? Yeah, well, a lot of the time they don't. It's like, the next time this happens, someone will die. It's like, why? Because magic. That's why. Shut up. Like, just play the game. Right. Just... You know, that's the condition, all right? The next time it happens, somebody dies. Don't don't look too deeply at it. You know, the next time they turn them back into humans, they'll die. Why? Because it's, it's dramatic, all right? So that we can have a moment of, like, catharsis, Dave. That's why. <laughs> so, uh, thankfully, Sasuke is also confused about this. He's like, I don't, I don't, why would you die? And they, they, they blank fate, like, they do not address his confusion. And they say, listen, here's the deal. Lord Hakimenru, before he died, because that dude is dead now, remember that golden crane he, like, threw off into the sky? He somehow, like, ninja teleported it to Charo and Jiro, and then they now give it to Sasuke. And they say, listen, this thing is a clue as to how to defeat Daradara. Right. And by a clue, what they mean is... The plans to the Death Star? It's the plans to the Death Star. (laughs) Its eyes glow, and then... It like it projects into the air a schematic of Daimo and Daradara, and it says like, "Listen, and then these there's two a map. dudes are connected. Like there are arrows pointing both ways, basically." Uh, and yeah, then there's a map showing where uh, the big D is hanging out. 
Daimyo, I'm sorry. Right. In most of my notes, he appears as the big D. So they give that to Sasuke. And they say, all right, we've got to go. And Sasuke's like, wait, no, no, like maybe more help. And they're like, no, it's cool. We have to leave. Do tell Surahima that she was family to us and we will always watch over her. And then they turn back into dogs. And then we pop outside. And I don't know if you noticed this, Matt, but we see Bun outside and he whistles. And Taro and Jiro come running out, which makes a lot of sense when they were just dogs. But now that we know that they are people that are trapped in the shape of dogs, that just seems like really insulting. It does seem weird, but maybe it's like an Animorphs thing where like when they turn into the animal, they sort of like get some of those animals' behaviors and instincts. And if they stay in the animal for too long, they, they, uh, they're a hawk forever like Tobias. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if you only got life four instead of life five, who's Tobias? He's the, he's the guy from Animorphs who turned into a hawk and then didn't turn back in time. And then he was stuck as a hawk for the rest of the series. Did you actually read Animorphs? Some. No, I never actually read Animorphs. Listen, I, I can tell you like three things about Animorphs, and one is that Tobias is stuck as a hawk. Well, that sucks for that guy. Yeah, I don't uh, know. Hawks are cool. So, uh, yeah, sure. So, so, you know, not as much as being a person that can turn into a hawk, but. Oh, yeah, right no. On. Like, compared to that, it's garbage. <laughs> so, uh, so, Sasuke runs off. As Sasuke is running off, we go back to the fight between Dara Dara and the three gun generals that has apparently been happening this whole time. Yeah, and by the way, like, it was nighttime before and it's daytime now. So they have been going for hours. Yeah. So. Maybe it's like the it's sun just is like, just about to come up. Anyway, it's been a very long time. It's been a while. Uh, we, there's nothing going on. It's literally, they just like show us a shot of the fight so that it's still happening. So we see Sasuke running. He runs up to the evil castle. Oh, by the way, no, no, he doesn't just run up. He montage runs up. Like, he is oh, running. Yeah, 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 sorry. He's got an internal monologue about how he's going to save everybody. There's a cool song going in the background. Like, this yeah, is the scene is filled, of, like, the hero coming to save his friends. He is filled with renewed purpose. And because Super Sentai is effectively a live-action anime, that means he has... I think basically what happened is that like he hit a level up and it refilled like his HP and mana meters. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and so he's good to go. Like he's got a new power and his, all his bars are refilled. And so he just, he basically just fights his way in and attacks Daimao and it goes weirdly well. Yeah. In my notes, like, it's just like, oh, he's running in and then an ellipsis. And then like, oh, I, I guess that was super easy. Yeah, I just <laughs> this what my notes say, Matt. I'd say, dude, was that all it took this whole time? Just just punch your way in and stab that nerd. There doesn't seem to be like the only defenses around this evil castle are Dorodoros. That's it. So I think the only thing that this castle had going for it is that literally they didn't know where it was. Right, then they because then because once it. he got the map, yeah, he just runs in and stabs everyone and then attacks Daimo. Had they known where this cat, had they just been able to find the castle and they had all the rangers and ninja man, I think this probably would have been over much, much sooner. Yeah, it's very strange. Um, I mean, cool though. Like, it shows Sasuke as being like the man, which is something that I feel like we need to get a little more often with some of these characters. Yeah, that is true. Uh, so. He rescues the Rangers. Yeah, and since and, he like, hit, they're cool. And since he hit Daimyo so hard, Dara Dara 
like lost his access to the powers that he had siphoned off of the Kaka Rangers and Ninja Man. So now they're all yes. separated and like the Rangers are cool. Yeah, they also level up. All their bars are refilled. Like everybody's good to go. And then we get like this sick, like the Rangers all like post up and they all get a one liner off on Daimo. And they go to like do with the, the super henge. They all and they all henge and then they pose, and it's like hiding in the shadows. Justice prevails, and I'll give him like the thumbs down. How is this not the last episode of this show? No, it so much feels like. Well, here we go. Now we're going into the last like giant fight, and that is going to end the show. Because what happens next? Like, this is it. Is Daimyo is like, oh no no, we're not doing this here, and he grows and he grows and he shows up like where Dara Dara is. So now it's Dara Dara and a giant Daimyo facing, like, the three god generals with Ninja Man and all of the Kaku Rangers. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Not Ninja Man, because by this point, he has, uh, Daimyo has made the mistake of calling them all novices, which, of course, means that Ninja Man is now Samurai Man. Yeah. Now, I did have a moment here, Matt, where I was, like, I was, I was, this is all happening very quickly, and I'm, like, rapidly trying to process the storyline. I was like, okay, well, it looks like Daimo is about to die, but there's something like, what's going to happen? <gasps> is Young Noble Jr. coming back? Oh, man, that would have been so good. I guess that would have been, so it was all in caps, that's not what happens. Well, I don't, well, it doesn't happen this episode. I'm holding out hope. So, we've got Samurai Man. We've got the three god generals. The Rangers are... Uh, back in back, they're like piloting the three god generals again. I'm not sure which and one given, that they're in, to be honest. So the Rangers are now piloting the three god generals again, but I don't like. I just I don't understand the relationship because the three god generals clearly are autonomous. Like they just do their own thing, but the Rangers do also pilot them. Yeah, it's so, very strange. So, like, like I don't, the, which means that I just don't know where anyone is in this scene. Yeah, dude, I don't. Are we in like a? I don't know if we're in like a Transformers. What is it when there was the, it was the little robots and they would plug into the mini mini cons, mini cons. Oh, um, oh no, dude, I was thinking Pretenders. I was way off. Oh yeah, no, 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 not those. But those are cool. Pretenders are great. Those guys. The Pretenders were weird. The Pretenders were, were robots strange. that pretended to be humans. Yeah, I don't get what was supposed to be happening there. But, yeah, it's like maybe when the Rangers pilot them, their, like, ninja auras sync up and, like, supercharge the, I don't know, the god generals. Yeah, man, sure. Then anyways. That sounds reasonable. Yeah, so Daimau, so it's like a big giant fight. It's totally rad. Daimau says, like, prepare to face my maximum power. And he does like a little energy blast, which doesn't seem to bother anybody. So that was sort of weird and disappointing. Uh, Muteki Shogun does Flaming Shogun Sword, which is cool. We haven't seen that one in a while. And he goes like, Flaming Shogun Sword. And he like circles the sword around. It's on fire. Yeah. It's totally red. Uh, but, so Dara Dara. Well, basically what happens Dara Dara is they go, like, they go in sequence and they do all of the giant robot finishing moves. Yeah. They do, like, the Flaming Shogun Sword. They do the, like, Iron Fist Flying Finish. Um, and then Super Samara, like, combines, like, one at a time with Mateki Shogun and Kakure Dai Shogun to do their yeah, they, special moves. Yeah, so they do Mateki Shogun Full Discharge, and then they do the Iron Fist Flying Finish. And so Daimu bugs out at this point, but the but dude is still standing, 
dude just ate like three finishing moves in a row and has enough juice left to be like, all right, I'm like, you guys won this one, but I'm coming back later for more. Yeah. So we did dig that because at first it seemed like Sasuke just ran in there and stabbed that dude and it seemed like he basically was about to take him out. But we did just see him, like I said, eat those three finishing moves. Right. So no, clearly no. Daimu is not to be trifled right. Now Dara Dara is toast. Oh yeah, that dude's super dead. Like he could not be more dead. But like, I guess the only way that they could have this episode end and not it, have it be the end of the series is that Daimyo just says like, okay, uh, no, I just looked at the schedule. There are nine more episodes, so I'm going to leave. I'll see you guys next week. Yeah. So Daimu retreats to a secret cave that he had. And apparently Hakamenro was still alive. Yeah, even though like he had looked 100% super dead. looked like he was atomized. Uh, he is not. He's cool. Well, he's alive for a second. Uh, Daimu does do like an energy blast and turns him into a statue. Yeah. Well, he was very but mad But he says something. Him. Yeah, he's super mad. He's like, but I don't want to kill you. I want to keep you around and make. I'm going to make you serve me later. Like, I'm going to get you. So, he's a, so Hakamenro is a statue now. And then he says, like, all right, launch Skull Castle. So the whole room that they're in starts to shake. Well, the camera starts to shake that's filming them, which is basically the same Sure. Thing. And then we and see something almost unbelievably radical. And I cannot yeah. believe that they had made this thing and we're only seeing it now. So what they have created is a giant, it looks like a, a mosaic skull. Okay. It's made up of like, like you different took a, colored boulders, sort of. Yeah. And it bursts and with like, but bat wings coming off the side of it. And it bursts up out of the ground and just starts like hovering around. There is a weird moment where you see, and the mouth is like hanging open, and you see Daimo standing in the mouth of it. And I am going to assume that Daimo has taken his giant form to like gaze out on the vista that this skull thing presents for him. Because otherwise, Flying Skull Castle is maybe like one room large. Yeah. Because Daimo fills up the mouth of the skull. So it's like the size of a smallish house. Which, listen. Yeah, I mean, if I saw a flying stone skull the size of a smallish house with like giant bat wings, like... Yeah, it doesn't have to be that large but the fact, to be insanely cool. The fact that we have just been having, like, a weird nondescript throne room inside of, like, kind of a spooky mansion the entire season and not Skull Castle is kind of infuriating. Uh, you know, yeah, but the payoff is real solid. It is good. We did have that bit in the middle where there was, like, the Skull Skyscraper. Yeah, that was also very, very good. So, you know, Dave, I guess finally, um, Young Noble Jr.'s prediction came true, and everything has turned to skulls. Man, I forgot that he said that. How could you forget but that? Nice. That was like the high point of this series. <laughs> <laughs> so we go from there, and uh, Sasuke, it's all the Rangers talking, and Sasuke breaks the news to Tsuruhime about the dogs. He's like, yes, it is Taro and Jiro. Also, uh, they cannot turn back into people, or they will die. But they say that you are your, their sister forever and that they love you. And, uh, and Tsuruhime is very, very upset about this. Now, in case, which I get, in case you thought that there were not enough like emotional things happening here. Also, just so you know, now it's Christmas. Oh, yeah. I want to talk about that in like a hot second. So I get that Tsuruhime is really bummed out about the fact that like her adopted brothers are dogs forever now. 
But like, it's a little bit of, it's like a kind of a whiplashy moment because like, I don't really care. Like, right, like I, they I have just that met given these guys. The, yeah, like I just met these dudes, but they clearly want us to care a lot about it. I mean, they're cool. Uh, I wish they were around more. Yeah, they're red ninjas. So I love, like super duper love the fact that the Japanese do Christmas. Mm-hmm. Because it is a it is a holiday for which, like like as a nation, they have basically no like cultural touch points. Like it's com- it's it, it's entirely foreign. You know what I mean? Uh, but but they super dig Christmas, and the best part is is that they they do Christmas like the same way that we do it. They just, like, looked at Christmas that happened in, like, Europe, America, really. They just looked at American Christmas and said, yeah, that seems cool. Well, I mean, they're we'll right. We'll just do that. Christmas is amazing. Oh, yeah, no, Christmas rules. I love Christmas. Like, don't get me wrong. But they, <laughs> they just looked and said, like, uh, yeah. Yeah, we'll just do that. Looks good. But what's... Just what's Get some of that Christmas over what's here. What's very good about this is that um, in the background, as they're having this emotional moment, a little town of Bethlehem starts playing. Just yeah. in case, like, the lights and the trees and stuff do not really lay it on enough. Oh, also, as Sir oh, yeah. Hime walks away and starts to cry, um, Jiraiya walks up and hands her, like, the gift of a small... I think it's like a Christmas tree ornament, but it is shaped like a Christmas tree. Yeah, it's meta. And then, due to the magic of Christmas, it starts to snow, and everyone gets super excited. And then I got really excited, because I remembered how much I loved Christmas. And also, like, it's, Christmas. you know, it's a nice day out, but it's the middle of summer, and so seeing a little bit of snow, is like, oh, that would be cool. Ah, yeah. So, that is, that is the end of the episode. But... Matt, it's not the end of our episode because finally, after like three weeks or something, a monster died. Yeah, I know. And now we finally get to see how Dara Dara would fare in the Creature Royale. Okay, so first of all, it's sort of weird because Dara Dara is very effective, but he himself does not have like a plan as such. Right. Well, because, like, he, in some ways, he's not an independent monster, right? Like, he is yeah. actually not not a clone, but, like, a projection of uh, Daimyo. Yeah. Now, I think we still need to rate him separately in the same way that, like, Jin the Demon Fist and the Hungry Wolf Demon are on the list separately. Sure. So, as an individual monster, like, okay, so first of all, Daradar is, like, crazy powerful and has a very cool look. Yes, and he actually has a series of cool looks because he starts yeah. off with, like, you know, Daradara Classic, and then he goes into Ninja Man Daradara, and then he's got, like, the crazy four-headed, like, monstrosity that he ends up at the end. Right. Okay, so let me just throw out... Is he cooler than Iron Mask Turio? Nah, dude. Okay. I mean, okay, okay. Let's let's be let's be fair here. I just said that because Iron Mask Turio is like Dire Ranger Darth Vader, and I love him. Um, but what is around Iron Mask Turio that we think is equivalent to um, Dara Dara? 
Uh, okay, so if we pop down a couple spots, we've got the Shooting Doji Brothers, which are like a sort of a similar. There's the Kama Itachi, which is the sickle weasel, like the hurricane sickle weasel. Oh, man, he had a whole school. Yeah, okay. Well, if we keep dropping down, we go into. Well, if we go a whole lot further down, we've got the ring, the jewelry priestesses. Ring priestess, necklace priestess, earring priestess. And then under that, we're getting into Ghost Lantern, the Copy Empress. Okay, here's the Sunakake Baba. Here's my floor. The, I think large breasted sandwich. I think that um, Dara Dara is definitely better than the Four Kings of Heaven. Of the two monsters that ha- that we have had that have four heads, Dara Dara is the better one. So let's start from okay. there and go up. He's better than. Is Caracasa the Lady Umbrella or the Dude Umbrella? Karakasa is the Lady Umbrella. Uh, Lady Umbrella was because the Dude Umbrella is like umbrella. Well, yeah, that's that's the only reason I can tell you that it's the Lady Umbrella because the the Dude Umbrella is like way down at the bottom because it's dumb and stupid. But Karakasa is the Lady Umbrella. She was really cool. If we start hopping up from there, we get like Nurikabe, which is the Wall Guy, Kappa 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 and Rokurokubi, Traffic Light Dimension, Sunic. Okay, so here is my. Here, I think, is my ceiling. My floor, I agree with you, is the Four Kings of Heaven. My ceiling is... I think my ceiling is Sunakake Baba, the large-breasted sandwich. Okay, yes. I think he's got to be somewhere in there. Because I'm looking, he's not as cool, I don't think, as the Ghost Lantern. No, dude, that guy the was Ghost Lantern was cool. rad. And I don't think he's as cool as Copy Empress. So... If we're kind of sliding in around there, I do like him better than the wall guy. Yes, definitely. I like him better, better than, than the Nurikabe. Wall guy. He's got a way cooler look. He's way more effective. Uh, the fight he's invested in. Actually, let me back my ceiling up a little bit. Because the fight that Dara Dara sort of and the problem that he poses, I think is actually super, super interesting. Okay, actually, you're right. And there were some really great fight scenes with him over the course of these episodes. Yeah, so he's super cool. He's super interesting. And he does something that basically nobody has ever done before, that, at least that I've seen. So I'm going to put him up, man. Like, I actually think... I'm I'm what thinking about, up by, somewhere about like by the sickle him, weasel. Uh, no, no, I still don't like him more than sickle weasel. But what if we put him? I don't think I like him more, like Lieutenant Shiryu. Yeah, because Lieutenant okay. Shiryu kind of has that same position, right? Like he is he's his own guy, but he's mostly part of somebody else's plan. He comes in near the end of the show and gets our heroes on the ropes, but isn't the one to actually like be there at the end. Yeah, okay. I think, I mean, I'm trying to remember back. Lieutenant Shiryu is actually pretty friggin' rad. Yeah, Lieutenant Shiryu was very cool. Because he was okay. like, a, he was I a dude. Think... He was like a character. Whereas Dara Dara is not a character. He's just a monster. Yeah, so I think I actually like him less I less than Lieutenant Shiryu. But then I'm looking like Master Mirror and Pachinko Master. I think I like him better than those dudes. Okay, well, you want to slot him in right below Lieutenant Shiryu? Yeah, so that puts him at spot number 33. 33 on the Creature Royale. How far does this list go again? 75. At this point? Yeah. All right, man. That, I think, is going to do it. Yes. For us. That is going to do it for another episode of A View to a Cockaranger. Before we finish up here, I'd like to remind you all you can email the show at supersentaibrothers at gmail.com. You want to get any updates on future episodes or check out the stuff that we're talking about on Twitter? We are at Super Sentai Bros. 
If you like the show, please remember, shining in the iTunes review section, there are five stars. Rate, review, subscribe on there, or your podcatcher of choice. And that is what's going to help new people find the show. Or just tell a friend. You've got friends. I know you do. You're cool people. You're cool people and people like you. So you have friends. Use that network. Use it for us. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, The Super Sentai Brothers are a production of Retrograde Orbit Radio. To find any of the other great Retrograde Orbit Radio shows, you can do that at RetrogradeOrbitRadio.com. Once again, we're the Super Sentai Brothers. I'm Matt. I'm Dave. And we'll see you next week for the greatest show on Earth. Kaku!